Welcome to the Universal Dancer Podcast with your host, Leslie Zare, author of The Alchemy of Dance and The Alchemia Remedies, coming to you live from Cairo, Egypt, the ancient land of Chem. Journey with us to explore sacred dance, the sacred arts, the mystical and the magical. Join a community of like-minded souls seeking to understand the cosmic dance of co-creation through the sacred arts. Come along and expand your mind, ignite your creativity, and explore something new and something old. Welcome. Welcome to the show. Thank you for your comments and your feedback. And I think we have an exciting show for you. So let's just jump right in and let me introduce my guest to you. Jennifer Jimenez founded the Health and Wellbeing Division to help people feel confident in their bodies and joyfully radiant in their lives. Jennifer's products and services have been featured in Self Magazine, NBC News, Oxygen, and Woman's World, to name a few, and has shared the stage with some of the world's greatest thought leaders, including Marianne Williamson, Bob Proctor, Ariel Ford, Wayne Dyer, and Deepak Chopra. She's the founder and creator of the Conscious Dance Modality, Transcendence, and the founder of the Health and Well-Being Division of Brave Thinking Institute. Amid all these accomplishments, what Jennifer is the most proud of is her thriving marriage to her soulmate of 24 years and being a loving mom to her three healthy, happy children. Let's welcome Jennifer to the show. Hello. Hi, Hi Jennifer. <laughs> welcome to the show. Thank you, Leslie. It's so fantastic to be here. Hi there, everyone. Well, let's just jump right in because I think we actually have a, a lot to talk about here. So maybe you can just begin by telling us a little bit of how you started with dance, just your, your dance journey from the beginning. Oh my goodness, the dance journey from the beginning. Well, like many dancers, I think I came dancing out of the womb. <laughs> But um, yeah, so I am originally from Oregon. I grew up on a farm in Hillsboro, Oregon, on a Marionberry farm, 100 acres. And back in 1975, um, when we were growing up, there's, you know, no internet, there's not a whole lot to do, but just to run around on this farm and play. So from a very early age, I just fell in love with movement, all things movement and moving the body we would drive into town and we would drive by this dance studio and I would see the, you know, the young people, most of whom were girls, you know, they had big windows, glass windows, so I could see them moving. And I begged and begged and begged until I could, you know, my parents, could, my brothers really got old enough where they could drive me because my parents both worked full time. So I started the traditional route taking most of the, you know, traditional dance classes that most young people take, jazz, ballet, modern. But I was always really intrigued by more of the cultural movement. I found an African dance class in town and started taking that. And my mother is a spiritual thought leader and the founder of our institute, Brave Thinking Institute. 
And I love to share our mission um, because I believe that you are living your mission, Leslie. It's so beautiful to see what you are doing. But our mission is to help people create and live a life they love through spiritual, universal spiritual principles, through quantum physics, through really recognizing and understanding that our thoughts become things. And as a kinesthetic learner, you know, in the old school thought leader, the, the, you know, my mother's name is Mary Morrissey, if you're wondering who she is, and we would have Deepak and Wayne Dyer and all these wonderful speakers come to talk at the spiritual center. And I would sit there, I was sharing this with Leslie at the beginning when we were getting ready to, to come on air, that I would innately just feel this, this inner knowing that we needed to not just hear the information about how to transform our lives and how to grow mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically, in all the ways we want to grow as human beings and become all that we're meant to be. But I knew that we needed to feel it. We needed to fully embody the principles that were being talked about on stage. But I didn't have all the answers. I didn't know exactly how to get there. And I'm so grateful that my our my mother would bring different, she did bring different modalities to the center. And so she brought um, some of the earlier pioneers in conscious movement and conscious dance. Debbie and Carlos Rosas, the founder and creators of Nia, came and did a presentation at our spiritual center. Um, then Arjuna Marti, who's the founder of Soul Motion. Both of these individuals are from Oregon, of course. So I got to experience some of their work. And that was really my first early days of um, and years of exploring conscious dance. My very first conscious dance class was in a class with Vin Marti. And it was at Soul at, at the Body Moves in Portland, Oregon, which is this beautiful old building in this huge ballroom like space and the you know I'm coming from the traditional dance world and I I tell the story you know in traditional dance you walk in and it's bright lights and you know leotards and everyone's standing facing the mirror and there's the girl who's the best who's front and center and there's a lot of self-judgment there's a lot of criticism there's a right and a wrong way to do it and it, there's not a whole lot of in my experience of class at least there wasn't a whole lot of spiritual connection going on in that in that class. And I walk into Vin's class and the lights are dim and we start off in a circle, you know, and there's just this immediate shift in the vibrational frequency of, of what is being the container, the sacred container that's being created. And I'll skip to, I'll skip forward to, that was really one of my very first truly spiritual transcendental experiences where somewhere in the middle of that class, I forgot who I was. I forgot I even had a physical body and I was transported into the land of just being one with pure spirit and the music and the breath. And I, I say, I, I feel like I was, had been a caged bird and I had, I was let out of that cage to fly and soar and just become one with the space and my mother gave me when I was 18 and I was leaving home to go pursue my, my first dream was to pursue becoming a professional dancer. So I wasn't quite ready to dive into the spiritual dance world as a vocation. I was still on the path of wanting to dance as a living. Um, and that was the only way I could, you know, <clears throat> see to do it. But she gave me a book and it was uh, Gabrielle Roth's book, Maps to Ecstasy. 
And how I kept as an 18 year old, you know, who honestly, as a kinesthetic learner, I, I didn't really love to read <laughs> and in all transparency. So I don't know how I kept that book with me. I think it just magically stayed with me because I moved from Oregon. I fell in love with my husband in high school. He's from Mexico City. So we had a long distance relationship. So I first moved to Mexico and studied down in Mexico City. Then I moved to New York a year and a half later to pursue dance in New York. We ultimately got married in New York and then moved to LA and I, I danced professionally in Los Angeles. And that book stayed with me through all of that, which is shocking to me today, honestly. And then <laughs> I was you able, needed it. <laughs> I was my soul's path, I guess. And um, Gabrielle Roth came to LA. I was able to do some work and some training with her when she, when she was still alive. And, and so she, she was also very much her videos, her books became a mentor um, to me as well. And the, the real, you know, oftentimes, you know, our, I like the saying our mess can become our message, right? Oftentimes our own pain and journey ultimately can become our, our transformational opportunity and purpose and mission in life. And so when I was 25, I became pregnant and we, we were married. We'd been married for five years. I got married pretty young. I met my husband very young and, um, we wanted kids, but as a dancer, I wasn't, I wasn't trying, you know how that, that works, right? I wasn't trying, but I wasn't trying hard enough not to get pregnant, obviously as well. So, um, she came roaring into my world, my beautiful daughter, who by the way, uh, will be 22, uh, this, uh, this Saturday, I think it is. And um, it's hard to believe it's been that long. And as a as somebody at the time at 25 who felt very fit and healthy and who was also awakening to her spirituality, I was, and back then, you know, there was the, the rise of the natural birth was really in the field. You know, there was the women who were standing up for, you know, they didn't want to have a lot of outside you know, doctor control. And so I had, especially coming from our, our spiritual center, my mom, I had all these midwives and doulas. Like I had bags of books that everybody gave me, you know, and everybody's trying to help. And anyhow, I trained for that natural birth the way you might train for climbing Mount Everest or running, you know, a, a marathon or a, you know, I, I did visualizations every night and I wrote my birth plan and I did prenatal yoga and I did all the classes that I could find at the time to train me for this, this event that I was so wanting to have. And, and, um, but oftentimes these kinds of opportunities really take us where our soul is seeking for us to go. So the birth was not all natural. Not only was it not all natural, it was really the opposite of what I had been visualizing and I was using the tools that I thought are new thought spirituality, our manifestation, the law of attraction, all the things that, you know, in quantum physics and metaphysics we teach. And birth was a perfect opportunity to show me really where I was and what my relationship was with my body. And because I was in a no pain, no gain, highly critical whip yourself into shape, controlling relationship with my body that largely I had learned from the traditional fitness and dance world, that it couldn't be more opposite of what energy we want to <laughs> enter into natural birth with, right? And um, 
surprisingly, the methods of, of training the body were also very much an outside in training, physical training for birth. And I just, I was so honestly, just, just devastated. I fell into the baby blues and I just, for a while, just needed to lick my wounds. And then we moved to Oregon and I launched a, a dance ministry at our spiritual center and just began to open up to an ask spirit for guidance. And it really launched me on a, on a discovery, on a journey to discover more about myself. And I knew intuitively, I didn't have the answers, but I knew I missed, there was something off. There was something I missed, you know, because I had done everything by the book in terms of like reading my vision every night and doing the visualizations to the ocean waves that my midwife gave me and all the things that I thought I should do. But what I missed was my whole, my body needed to be in flow and be trusted and be honored and be loved and be respected and, and discovering this innate body wisdom that I had within me. And as this young woman who'd been trained to turn all that off to perform, you know, I really needed to unlearn a lot of the things that I had learned. And that's really what launched me into, you know, not only taking everything I could and reading every book I could and every program I could with the, the leaders um, of our conscious dance world at the time. But also it's what where I began to create Transcendance. The early versions of Transcendance began to become born and I started leading classes and teaching workshops and, and, and polishing it and forming it. And that was 22 years ago. And here we are today, and it's it's part of every it's part of my most deepest spiritual practice personally. It's part of I've I've I raised my kids transcend dancing, which is really just dancing, freeform dancing in our living room, playing music and just enjoying and having fun together as a family. And I love how embodied my children are, and I just help them stay awake. I didn't have to teach them a thing. They're they're the ones that taught me the most. Exactly. You know? <laughs> yeah. I don't think people realize that that being a mother actually means you're going to learn something rather than that you're <laughs> going to teach something. Because yes, it's 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 it is it's the way we learn and and very profound lessons. And I think back to what you said about your preparation. This is the thing. This, this is the masculine side to read, to be prepared, to have a plan. But then the feminine is all about being dynamic. And I think that that's something that's so um, underrated and, mm -hmm. and not really looked at. And definitely giving birth and being a mother, you learn how to be dynamic. And, and I think it's a skill that has really been lost and I guess the universe decided you needed to, to hone that <laughs> skill. <laughs> oh, yeah. So let's throw her into a tailspin. <laughs> See well, what she's going to do. Yeah. You know. <laughs> and look what you did. Yes. You created well, I did have two wonderful. more children. Yeah. So I have two boys. And they were, I mean, I remember going into my, so four, almost four years later, I had my, my first son. And I remember heading into that birth. To your point, I love the the idea of sort of this, you know, approaching it from you've got the linear or logical or more masculine, you know, you have an organized plan. It's important to have the information. It's important to be studied, to, to know, to be prepared. So I felt like I had that in spades. 
the feminine side is is all of the unknown right it's the it's the openness it's creation it's creativity it's intuition it's infinite intelligence which is our nonlinear intelligence system it's the body wisdom it's trusting and knowing that the body knows this you know and medicine is just there for the rare issue that is the just the rarity, the but there are times, so, you know, I did want to have my babies in the hospital and I felt the safest there. I know not all people or women feel that way, but for me, it was, it was the place to be. I, and I didn't want intervention in my, my medical support was great. You know, I, there's no, there's no judgment there. It was really more what was going on for me. So anyhow, I ended up having a two hour labor and birth. I had a doula. I could go into the longer story. It doesn't matter. I just remember holding him and, and almost like laughing out loud and saying, that's it. It's over. You know, like I was ready. Like I was ready to be the goddess warrior that goes even more than it was 50 hours. My first birth was, was 50. So to go from 50 to two and then my third, my, my youngest boy, um, it was like, an I almost didn't get there. It was 90 minutes from, you know, so <laughs> I really did learn how to trust my body and I would say the biggest transformation between the the you know the early woman Jennifer and the middle aged I'm 46 so the middle aged Jennifer today is just this this new expanded deepened relationship and trust of my body and my body temple and this unlocking of these superpowers that were all given inside of being a human being. We're spiritual beings having a human experience. And I described it once to one of my clients and she said to me, why didn't you say this before? And I just thought, maybe I just thought everybody knew this. So, you know, <laughs> uh -huh. I guess I should say this more. I, I guess I should say this more often, you know, State the obvious because yeah, it but, obvious to everybody. Yeah. So the idea is that, you know, as we've, especially in the last hundred couple hundred years the intellect was given to the university to be educated right the body is often handed to science to be six fixed you know and solved and then spirituality was handed to religion right as a as a doorway into our connection to a higher power when it's all right here mind body and spirit it's this coming home and what i love about at least for me as a, as a dancer and as an embodied person, as somebody who experiences spirit, you know, I often experience my connection with my higher power in the music, in the breath, in the movement, out in nature, you know, just hiking up the hill right here in Orange County and broadcasting, you know, I love that we're totally in different sides of the world, you know, coming together to t talk about this conversation. And and as I began to teach, and I'll, and I'll just share this, especially here in the Western world, I mean, places like Egypt and, you know, I mean, there's the, there's the movement and the music is still alive as I've traveled the world to, you know, like Bali or my husband's from Mexico. I mean, it's so rich and the people just dance or there isn't the same stigma, I find at least as, as the Western world has it, you know, particularly here in the U.S., when we would do women's retreats. So we, my mother for 
I think 30 plus, maybe 40 years until I got old enough and my babies, you know, weren't nursing, I would go and help lead these women's retreats with my mom and I would do the movement. And I tell you the women, when I would say we're going to do free form movement, <laughs> I wasn't calling it transcend dance back then or, or dance is a healing and transformative art, right? Just the word dance or movement. I mean, if I sit, when I say this to a room of kindergartners, they light up like a Christmas tree. They haven't learned there's a right or a wrong way, or I might get shamed or judged, or the body shame hasn't started. None of that stuff's going on. They're just experiencing life and feeling and, and open and creative and free flowing. But to women who are 30 to 70, in my experience, they would get deer in a headlights terror in their eyes. That's a learned response. That's not our nature. Our nature is we've been separated from our bodies. So <laughs> yeah. yes. Yeah. And so I'm so grateful for my mentors in conscious dance and to now be someone who holds just this really loving space. And what I love about transcend dance and conscious dance is it's all movement abilities. I'll have people dancing in bed because they're recovering or in a chair or on a couch or you know, I had a woman just, I taught yesterday who came, one of our um, facilitators in training. I do transcendence facilitator trainings. And she said, you know, I know you said we can come even when we're not feeling 100% well and that actually transcendence is medicine to help us return to homeostasis. And I said, absolutely. And she said, well, I came with this just splitting migraine and nausea. And I decided to come anyways. And now I feel so much better. I mean, there's a tiny little bit, but I mean, the the ability to see that shift in such a short period of time is profound. It's changed my life too. And now as a facilitator, when I facilitate this, I'll be, and I said, I'm so glad you came, you know, and I, I don't just pay, play, pay lip service to this. I mean, it, it's really true. Walk so it, the talk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's beautiful. Yes. And maybe you can just describe a little bit about what transcendence is or what it kind of looks like or, or includes. Yeah, absolutely. So we transcendence is typically a 60-minute movement practice. Usually when you come to a live, we t I teach it live virtually now, uh, twice a month, the first Saturday of the month at 10 a.m. Pacific and then usually the second Wednesday evening of the month at 5 p.m. Pacific. And we have Zoomers, transcend dancers from all over the globe, um, literally all over the world who uh, pop into class. And um, we usually start with just a welcoming and a celebration and a grounding and intention setting. There's 10 stages um, to transcend dance. And if you think about, you know, really just a, a, an, a welcoming and a connecting with our, our body, our mind, our spirit, and a resetting process. You know, what does that look like? What does that feel like for each and every one of us? It's so, so many people in our, you know, our world are, are waking up to the reality and to the recognition that they aren't a victim to life circumstances, that what's going on around them does not have to actually shift their internal state and that they are co-creating 
their life, their day, their experience. And so transcendence for me is a practice of really setting, resetting myself, hitting the refresh button, and then really working towards this or living towards this, dancing towards this life of having, in Brave Thinking Institute, we have a three-year vision. We have 10-year visions as well. But we're really looking at what, what would I love in all areas of, of my life? You know, what would I love my health and well-being to look like when I'm 90, 95, 100, you know, and today? What kind of relationships do I want to have around me? What would, what would really light me up in terms of my vocation? You know, in your example, Leslie, for just a moment, if you don't mind, there was a moment where you weren't doing this show. And somewhere along the line, in your own personal development, an idea popped in. It didn't just happen to you. You created, you co-created this beautiful platform where you could expose people to this, this world, to the creative arts, to sacred dance, conscious dance, to transformational spiritual conversations, to helping awaken the planet and somehow spirit you were open enough to hear the idea download and then thank God for, you know, technology. Look at us being able to pop in here using this incredible technology to have these powerful awakened conversations. So for, so let me take that example for a moment. If I'm so, and there was a time in my life when I, you know, started having the babies and um, we moved back to California um, things were shifting with the spiritual center. And so it was time to move back to LA. My husband's an actor, writer, and producer. So this is really the place for us to be because he was gone a lot. And I was like, ah, I can't do the absent daddy thing. If, if he's going to really do this, we got to be in California. So we moved back to LA. And, um, you know, he's in the arts. If I'm in the arts, that doesn't quite put food on the table. So I took on and, and made the decision to be the, the steady you know, uh, reliable <laughs> on a regular basis breadwinner. <laughs> and we invested in his TV projects, movie projects, which take some of them decades. And some of them did take decades to actually get onto the screen. It's just the nature of the work. So in the drive to just literally put food on the table, you know, I, there was a period of time in my life during that time when I got into sales and got into corporate and just try I me. Mean, it's expensive to live here in California. You know, I lost my way. I, I, I was just working 12 hours a day and I'll get, we'll, we'll circle back to transcendence. I promise. But it, this is an important piece because dancing is great. Conscious dancing is great. And what I've done is I've taken conscious dance, but married it with these transformational spiritual principles for awakening and truly for living our purpose, passion, and mission. Because again, we're spiritual beings having a human experience. I believe this is our spiritual life school. We're here to learn, we're here to grow, and we're here to become our highest potential selves. So for me, transcendence is a, it's a method, it's a tool where in a very short period of time, I can create results that I want to create, which I'll, I'll get to in just a minute. But during this time, so I'm completely, I've lost my way. I'm in corporate, working too many hours. I've always been a health nut. For lunch, I'm eating a handful of M&Ms and a Diet Coke. I mean, 
it can't, it can't get you more toxic than that. I yeah. completely <laughs> lost my way. I'm super irritated at home because I'm not taking care of myself and I'm getting like four or five hours of sleep every night because I have to be at the office at, you know, we start at 6 a.m. because East Coast and um, I'm miserable. I'm not dancing. I'm not exercising. My kids are little and I just, I want to be a better mom. I want to, I were my husband and I, because I'm not happy. I mean, we're, there was a couple moments during that time when I didn't think we were going to make it. And, um, you know, I, I went on a women's retreat and this is during the time where once a year we do these women's retreats. And, um, I'm so grateful for my mother, especially to have served the work that she's been serving. She just celebrated 50 years in this, in this industry and really helping people dream build and helping people create what they would love and not just get stuck in circumstances. We have a saying that, you know, most people live one year, 90 times and die thinking, Oh, I'm going to retire. And then I'll have, have a good life. You know, more, more people put more time and energy planning and organizing a vacation than they do actually dreaming up and creative, creating a vision for a life that they would love living. And at that time, I just couldn't figure out how to do this conscious dance thing and make enough money. I mean, that was really the, the gap for me was how do I make a living at this? I can't, like if I, just in the old school way, I can't teach literally enough hours of dance class at X number of dollars per head to, to, I couldn't, the math didn't equate. <laughs> and back then, most of the conscious dance facilitators like Vin and, and, you know, Gabrielle were just doing these week long trainings in these exotic places. And I have three little kids at home. That's that, that way of doing it doesn't fit yes. my, my, no, I understand my mommyhood. So I'm <laughs> Been super there. stuck in my own paradigms and my own limiting beliefs. And I just, I can't get out of my own way. And so we began, I, I made a decision at that point to really work on myself, work on my life and suspend all disbelief, put the how on hold and just craft a vision. And I crafted a vision that ultimately is the life I'm living today. And it didn't happen overnight. It's taken a lot of dedication, a lot of studying of these universal spiritual principles, but at the heart and center of this work that I think makes you know, embodiment coaching or embodiment conscious dance so powerful is connecting conscious dance with really, there's a vibrational state that we're all living at. So the Jennifer that's working in corporate, that's stressed, that's worried about money, even though I was starting to get to a place where money was flowing in a little more, I was stressed about it. I, I had taken my um, starving artist paradigm right? Because a lot of dancers and artists come in with this like starving, like just scraping by where they're eating top ramen every night, you know, you know, and that's, there's, there's like a badge that we wear around being this starving artist. So I had a starving artist mentality. I was always rushed and strapped for time in terms of my relationship with time. And again, I hadn't yet really transformed my relationship with my body. So constant judgment and whipping myself self into shape or starving off the five pounds or 10 pounds or however many it was just very abusive relationship with the body. And then I'm with my soulmate, but it doesn't matter. You can meet your soulmate, but if you don't nourish and nurture and grow together in that relationship, 
it'll crack. You know, it's like any garden if you stop watering and tending to the soil. So I was in a very not happy place. And so the vision was thriving marriage, happy, healthy, playful mom, you know, somehow, some way, marrying my love of health and well-being, these personal development tools and principles with conscious dance for transformation. So the first opportunity was, okay, well, Jennifer, walk your talk. Let's apply these to me. Let's start really expanding and growing. And so I started doing some study and work with my mom before it was the Brave Thinking Institute and her circle and found some mentors and programs that I could really just begin to reprogram my limiting beliefs about money, my limiting beliefs about time, about work-life harmony, about me, my body, what I'm capable of. I started to fall in love with myself, fall in love with my body, and then find outlets for how to, how to bring movement into this personal development space, right? And so as I did that, these 10 stages of transcendence really began to speak to me, show themselves to me, where we set an intention. You know, what is the practice? Step, step one is really, you know, spirit, connecting with spirit and grounding an intention, right? So it's, I am not breathing me. I am a spiritual being having a human experience. So there is something moving through and as me. And just that in and of itself is a reminder to me to stay awake and to not ever again fall asleep the way I did during those few years where I just kind of got lost along the path. And I was raised in this. You would think I would know better, right? There's so many people who, um, are raised or have read books. And I, you know, I love our saying, which is it's not enough to know about it if our life doesn't reflect it, right? Our life needs to be a reflection of, of the principles. And my life today, you know, I don't say this to impress anyone, but to impress upon us all the power of real commitment to, to do our own work and to transform our experiences. You know, literally I danced this, this studio space into form during a global pandemic when all logic would have said, this isn't the time to buy a, you know, $1.7 million house and even to have the funds and the deposit and all the things that you need to have, you know, to, to purchase. My, my dream was to have a studio. I launched Transcendance Virtual in a new, more global way. And the house I was living in down the street didn't have the space to stretch out and to spread out and to broadcast and have in-person as well as virtual classes. So I used the principles inside of Transcendance as well as our Brave Thinking Institute, Universal Spiritual Principles to craft a vision and to say, I can put the how on hold. What if it could be easy? What if I could? And then during the 10 stages of transcendence, bring myself into vibrational frequency with the, with the dream that I'm seeking, you know? And so that's just one example, you know, of many, many shifts and changes. My marriage is the best I've ever had. I'm, you know, my, two of my kids are now out of the house and that flew by. If I hadn't changed, I think myself as a, as a woman to be a mom that has time to be with her kids and isn't just working all the time and, and is filling my cup so that I have 
some overflow to give them and, and play. And, you know, I have a great relationship with them. Um, and I'm so, I mean, that's, that's, you know, that lives on for a lifetime. Right. So I, you know, I'm really grateful for that. Still have one at home and now get to support incredible souls all over the world and transforming from where they are to where they would really love to be through these life coaching and spiritual principles with transcendence being a really fun, simple way to shift. So stage one is this connection with spirit. Then we source an intention. Then we dance into the dance of self, which is really, sorry, a stretch. So stretch is really where we're on the floor and we're just going into the cocoon womb space. And we just begin to move the body the way the body began to move through the developmental stages. So it's literally waking up the body one body part at a time and letting the body move you, letting the body stretch you. So we do some floor work. And actually just this last, just yesterday, um, I had a story that was a life-changing story for a woman. It's a perfect example of how embodiment work, especially when the soul's really ripe to go to the next level can unlock things in an instant where in my experience, talk therapy or some of the old therapeutics can take decades and never actually get to the root or core trauma and shift it. Um, Particularly, I mean, everything, as you know, Leslie, everything in our life is, is cellularized, right? Our bodies are like a recording device. It records everything that's going on or has ever gone on, including what went on when we were in the womb. So I had some new students as we typically do in class. And at the end of class, I open up for what we call the afterglow. And this woman said, I'm brand new. I've never, I had no idea what to expect, but I was open to just seeing what this was and what it could do for me, you know? And she said, you know, Jennifer, at the beginning when we were on the floor and you took us into this beautiful, loving golden womb space, I had, I, I was adopted. And I, I, I didn't even know this memory existed in me. And I had two feelings at once. One was because you took us to this unconditional loving place, I felt this, oh, this is what I should have felt like in the womb. And I didn't get that. And immediately I felt what I actually, what was going on because my mother my parents didn't want me. There was this rejection feeling. There was this rushed feeling like we just want to get it over with. But I was able to replace that in, 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 and I was, I was, you know, I sobbed and sobbed on the, on the mat, you know, during class, because one of our agreements in transcendence is to let emotions flow. She said, but it didn't, I didn't feel bad or I didn't, I didn't get stuck in the grief. I literally let that that emotion release. And I replaced it by this new, warm, loving experience that I, that I could have, that I can now tap into that is, that replaces the, the not feeling wanted in the womb space. And I'm, I'm listening, you know, to this story, just totally blown away in, in all the best ways. So, you know, I don't know that everybody has that kind of a breakthrough experience in their first transcendence class, but it's totally available. It's, it's about replacing the lower vibrational energies and frequencies either from yesterday or last week because of life experiences or early childhood or life traumas 
with new energy and vibration of love and light and possibility and expansion and flow and everything that would be in harmony with our most optimal human beingness, you know, spiritual being having a human experience. So then we stand, we do a few, what I call reverse sun salutations to just as toddlers. So we, I actually walk you through let me just say, once we go through the womb, then I walk you through the developmental stages that we went through actually as babies. So we begin to roll around. You can do this in a chair. We get onto all fours. There's a way to also do that either sitting, even if you can't get on the floor on your knees and sitting, and then we come to standing. So there's a, there's a training of the brain there that's really powerful. Then we just begin to walk and honor the space. We move into the dance of self. And the dance of self is really just remembering that we have all directions we can move in, north, south, east, west, earth, heaven, self-center, you know, moving from our core. And we just, the music begins to play and we just open and welcome into the space and we let the body move us. And I invite us into a body part dance, which I did learn. I love Gabrielle Roth's. I'm trying to remember. It was one of her first pieces of work, but where she just lets, the, she calls out different body parts and lets the body part speak to you and move you. And this piece in particular, I mean, I've had clients come in with like a locked shoulder that they had been to every doctor, every holistic practitioner, every body worker you could name. And they came into class saying, I can't, I don't know if I can do this class. I can, I can't even move my arm up to here. And I just said, well, there's a lot of you, you can move. Don't do anything that's painful. And most importantly, just focus on the breath and focus on just moving energy. You know, at the end of the day, even though we look and feel solid, we're filaments of light. And, and this, practice is really all about aligning these filaments of light with love, with empowerment, with flow, with the higher vibrational frequencies. These lower vibrational frequencies are what create the tension, the stress, the tightness, the illness, the dis-ease factors, you know. And so as we do these conscious dance practices, it's about connecting to some of these frequencies. And if there is a release that needs to happen, it can happen through the breath. It can happen through emotion, energy and motion, feeling the emotion fully, you know, in our bodies. And I kind of lost track of her in this class. You know, she, the thing was about a hundred people in this one particular workshop I was leading. And she came running up to me at the end of class and lifted her arm like this and said, it's a miracle. Oh my gosh. You know, and so grateful. And I just said, well, you did it. You allowed yourself to whatever energy got stuck in there, you know, that was locking the shoulder. You were able to tap your body wisdom. Your highest self was able to help you just dissolve it, you know, and that's just one of many, many stories. So the body parts, you know, if you think about all of our joints and different parts of the body. So I walk us through all the body parts get to lead us in the dance. And then that leads us, it's almost like a tuning where it's almost like if you think about an instrument and you're tuning the instrument, we're tuning the body and tuning to the highest frequency. And then we do some deeper work. And I invite into the space, 
something you would really love to release. So what's super powerful for me about carving out a stage or a song for the dance of release, which is shift, the dance of shift is shifting from whatever lower, so it could be confusion to clarity, it can be procrastination to productivity, it could be resentment to forgiveness and compassion and love, self-criticism to self-confidence and love, whatever, you know, it's this, these lower vibration thoughts and feelings that we can get into. And particularly along the journey of life, life's happening, stuff's going on, you know, and it can be easy to get triggered or to allow ourselves to be triggered you know, along this journey, just this last year, my, both my parents had some pretty life-threatening health issues. And the, the little Jenny, you know, the little girl was scared at times and angry at her dad for not taking better care of himself and angry at her mom and, um, and sad that this might be it. And, you know, I mean, just all these human feelings. So it's, it's a place where I could bring the, to the dance floor, to my healing balm, to my best, you know, psycho physiotherapist is dance floor and feel those feelings so that they didn't get stuck or stagnant in my physical body, because whatever is suppressed must express itself one way or another. There is no way around it. So on the dance floor, we're shaking. So the dance of release looks like like a somatic, uh, if you think about like if a, uh, if a zebra gets chased by a lion and then it plays dead and the lion runs away and it doesn't get eaten, all the trauma and the, the fight or flight, the zebra will stand up and shake its whole body and shift the vibration. So we do a lot of shaking. We do a lot of sounding. We just, you know, dump all of what is potentially stored in our emotional body, our physical body, our, our mental body, and just shift the, the energy physically, somatically, as well as we bring in. And then we refill our cup with joy and light and peace and compassion and all the energies that we would love. And, and at that point, my body feels literally like if we were to take our computer and hit the restart button. It's just like, I'm going to clear the decks. I'm just going to hit refresh. And I'm choosing that just, yes, my dad's still got cancer tomorrow, by the way, he's doing amazing and he's healed. And, but we, there were many weeks where I didn't know, and I can still be a human, let the little girl cry and have her energy and then step into the higher woman, the empowered wise woman, Jennifer, because from that state, from this fear, fight or flight, angry state, I'm no good to him or to me, or to anybody else, I can still give myself the natural human moment to feel those feelings and then reset to my highest self state and ask for guidance. Spirit, what would you have me say? What would you have me do? Are there any resources that want to be downloaded through me for my dad to support? Or is it just being a partner and believing that he's got this and that this is a gift in his life and he can transform and come out the other end healthier and happier and more on purpose than ever before, which is what, what happened. 
but you don't know what's going to happen. You want to, you know, I wanted to approach that from the, the highest frequency state. From the dance of release, we then move to the dance of surrender. And this is really the, if you think about ecstatic dance and you see fireworks and, you know, if I, if I think about just lots of sparkly champagne, bubbly, like the, the peak moment, you know, the orgasmic moment where that experience that I talked about with Vin, where I'm not sure where I end and my space around me in spirit lives in this just oneness, total oneness with spirit. Because for me, at this stage of my life, I want to get out of my head, my logic and my ego. I don't want to drive my days, my relationships, my, my serving of my purpose from a place of want or need or control or the logical way. I really want to seek to serve and, and say, spirit, you know, take the, take the wheel. You know, I know that I'm, I'm capable of more. I know that I'm here for a grand purpose. I know that I can't do this alone. I surrender to you. And so the dance of surrender really is a physicalized experience. And I believe it was really through the release of all the control and tension in my body in the dance of release and practicing the dance of surrender that was probably the number one practice that taught me how to birth. Because in birth, there is no human, like if I try to control it from my human logical trained self, like it's so not. <laughs> the, it's the, not going to work. No, <laughs> it didn't. I tried. <laughs> And, you know, it's, it's like, literally, I trust you body wisdom. I trust you higher self to move through this body wisdom to birth. In this case, it was life, but it could be birthing the book could be birthing the new business. It could be birthing what we're all manifesting, creating something. We're either creating it consciously or we're creating it unconsciously through our own paradigms and patterns that are limiting and disempowering. So it's really about, and at that point we can bring to our mind in the dance of surrender, what are we wanting to manifest? You know, what are we really wanting to become a vibrational match with? And this house is a perfect example. You know, when I, when the idea downloaded Jennifer, you need a dance studio in your house. I remember laughing, you know, we're in the pandemic, like Okay, spirit, you know, that's a nice idea. I'm moving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, <clears throat> let's let's have another visit when I have, you know, I mean, we have we had already shifted financially and we had invest, you know, long story short, we were, you know, financially abundant, yet the, you know, there was certain certain factors involved that in that particular moment it didn't look like it it was something that could be easy, easily done, right? Um, so anyhow, so I just said, you know what? And I went to, I remember going to my husband. I remember the look on his face, like, are you crazy? You know, and I said, let's do this. You know, we're, our opportunity is to practice what we preach here, babe. So we're going to, we're going to push pause on how we're going to say, what if we could, what if it could be easy? Here's what I'm going to do. I'm, I just don't want to do this without your blessing, like I want us to be on the same page here. I'm just going to call Drew, who's, who's our realtor, who helped us find the other house. And I'm just going to get us on the list. I'm just going to, what if, let's just open up our minds to 
what might be out there. That's not, it's not going to hurt anything. I'm not going to ask you to do a bunch of hours of looking at homes. I'll do, I'll do the heavy lifting. So anyways, long. And I danced the dance of surrender over and over and over again, you know, surrendering and, and seeing my dad healthy and happy and my mom, you know, seeing myself in my body, seeing my kids getting through the pandemic, you know, um, and being able to weather the challenges and come out the other side thriving, um, seeing the world, you know, imagining the world. I mean, the, the ability for us to hold the vibrational state of seeing the world the way we would love to see it in peace and harmony and, and connection where our waters are healed and our, our air is healed and our children are fed and, you know, the solution moving to a solution vibration literally in our minds and our hearts and our beingness, it's in that vibrational state that the ideas come to me that are mine to activate. What is it that is mine to do in regards to this pandemic, God? What is it that is, and I heard, take transcendence even more global and do it virtually and do it now because guess what, Jennifer, I just put everybody on Zoom for you. The whole world's on Zoom now. So exactly. now you can take transcendence <laughs> to the world. Places in a way it's that... never been before. Yes. Seriously. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So once we dance and surrender, um, then we move into a practice that is one of my favorite that is really activating that playful inner child. And it's the dance of synergy, or we like to call it the mirror dance. And in the work that I do, particularly with, you know, the coaching and the personal development, one of the places that I find is what causes people to not go after their dreams or really be bold or brave is this sense that I'm going to be rejected. And why that matters is that back in the day, in our tribal days, if we were rejected from the tribe, we could not survive on our own. So there's this deep rooted survival paradigm that I want to be liked. I want to, if, if I'm seen by others, I want, I want to be accepted by my parents. I want to be seen, loved and acknowledged. I want to feel like I'm enough. I want to feel like I can be part of this tribe. And so, so many people have early on memories of being ridiculed for not moving well or, um, or they dance so well, it's become more of an ego thing. And they're, they have this dancer persona, but like the, just the true stripped down essence of being like, just allowing your true essence to be seen and witnessed. Um, there's the, the power in that I can't even begin to describe. So in the mirror dance, we do partner work where we hold space. One partner holds the space of just being the all loving all accepting non-judgmental energy and the person leading the dance, their opportunity is just to be the most authentic, stripped down, bubbly, funny, playful, quirky, silly, just all the stuff that we don't typically allow the world to see because we're worried we'll be judged or ridiculed or ostracized, you know, or even killed. I mean, it, you know, right. Because back in the day, people were actually killed for these kinds of things. So there's this deep rooted fear. And so when they allow themselves to be expressed in this authentic essence of being and be held in, and witnessed in this energy of love, and the witnesser is actually mirroring 
And the gift of the person mirroring is that you get to be inspired and uplifted. And it's so beautiful. I mean, I'm often just drawn to sobbing tears when I watch people dancing and mirroring and their true authentic beingness, because it's just, it's so deeply beautiful. It's so beautiful. So there's this opportunity to be mirrored and to mirror. And we get, we do this even in the virtual space. I've learned, figured out how to do that. Slightly different than when we're physically in each other's presence, but equally powerful. Um, so we, we practice that. And that way, when the Jennifer who was able to practice this in a safe container in a transcendence class, then when I'm out in life and I'm asked to do something and I can feel in my body if it's a yes or if it's a no, I'm that much more tapped into my authentic essence. And I'm going to say yes, if it's my yes or no, if it's my no, or in my marriage, if something's feeling not quite right to communicate my truth, to stand in my truth, to know my truth, to know who I truly am. So conscious dance has all these powerful ways of embodying this on the dance floor so that then we can take these skills into all areas of our life. And kids love it. I would say the best thing is to let a child be the leader of the parent. And oh my gosh, watch what happens. Like they just, they just love it so much. Um, from there, we move into the dance of serve. And there's a, an opportunity in the dance of serve to really just connect to this energy, as I shared before, of now I'm this open chalice I've released the limiting beliefs and paradigms. I've totally tapped into, refilled with the highest vibration, connected to spirit. I'm tapped into my authentic essence, playful, creative self. And then now I get to serve, but we're reprogramming, particularly for our Western world students, this push energy. You know, in my younger years that I mentioned in corporate, I was in this push energy, this all work, no play, get to the top of the sales organization game and just fried, completely burned out, which is in and of itself a pattern. The world very much vibrates on that frequency in my, at least in my experience in the Western world. Now you can shift that. You can be in the world, but not of it right? So I'm now living in a Western culture, but I've completely reprogrammed that paradigm where I have a new reality that is work-life harmony, that I rejuvenate, that I care for myself. And it, it took time, it took years <laughs> to reprogram those deeper limiting beliefs. So, but when we move in flow energy, it actually repatterns our nervous system. So we move in flow, we practice serving ourselves. And then in this dance, we also visualize global peace. And what would that look like, feel like vibrationally and feeling that in our body and being and seeing that and imagining it in our minds. And when I do that in that space is really where I get to download if there's any ideas or ways that spirit would love for me to serve. So many people I work with, they're like, I don't know what my purpose is. I don't know what I'm really here to do. And if we come at it from just a logical left brain place in our logic is everything we've already learned. It's everything that's been taught to us by culture or school or higher education. Oftentimes our purpose lives in this land of Einstein ideas of creativity, of 
innovation of infinite intelligence that is more of a right brain, divine feminine energy place. The unknown. Yes. It's the unknown. And so by the by that stage in the dance, we're way out of the left brain, way out of the intellect, and and ideally in this potent possibility frequency state. And ideas download in ways that it's it are incredible. From there we do a and I'm a big fan of of Reiki or therapeutic touch. I grew up learning uh, the therapeutic touch version uh, that was practiced and and studied in, um, in in hospitals by nurses, created by nurses, but it's very similar to Reiki. So we do a an energy wash just to cleanse the energy field and soak up and soak in all this beautiful movement that we've just done. And then our final dance is the dance of stillness, where you can still feel literally the energy dancing moving, calibrating you throughout your whole being. And we do a Shavasana, either sitting or lying down and just let, let everything soak in and settle. And I mean, I've had clients have visits from the other side and visions and downloads. And I mean, you know, like, like anybody who's gone through a beautiful movement practice and then gone into stillness, you're in this just heightened state. And the, in my experience, the veil's very thin you know, we're touching higher consciousness in that moment. So healing happens, connection happens. I had one client get a visit from her father and she just had this healing, this forgiveness that never occurred on the human plane, but in that moment occurred. There's some pretty amazing experiences inside of these kinds of practices. So those are the a description of the 10 stages of transcendence that, and what I also love about each stage is I pull out the stages also inside of my coaching. So there are times when I'll, I'll be working with a, a small coaching group or my large vibrant, healthy woman coaching program or one-on-one -on -one coaching where we'll take one of the movement practices, one of the 10 stages as a, as a, um, five minute calibration practice as we work with these principles of growth and transformation. So typically how are you doing this in, in a class like yeah. these, these 10 stages you're doing all 10 in, in one class, or this is a workshop or it, um, how is so, this yeah, actually usually it happening? Takes, takes 45 to 60 minutes to go through all 10 stages and currently I'm teaching, so yesterday was my first Saturday of the month class and uh, people come at 10 a.m. We do some opening hello and connection, which takes about 15 or so minutes. Then we start the class, the music begins and it's about an hour moving together. And then we'll usually stay after just to download and have open community sharing time. Um, but I've taught transcendence as if you would, you know, you would come to like a yoga class, it'd be like a 60 or 90 minute yoga class. Transcendence is taught um, all, all of the different places where you might find yoga. So community centers, fitness centers, yoga, you know, studios, you can, uh, conscious dance or transcendence is taught at festivals and at retreats. Um, so any, any time you might find a typical yoga class, it's like taking transcendence. I describe as like taking the mindfulness of yoga off the mat 
and infusing it with beautiful music and freeform conscious dance for, you know, and I've done longer classes, but the average class is roughly 60 minutes. So, and then yeah. people would do it weekly. Like it's a weekly class that you keep coming back to and absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's a daily practice for, for many, it's, you know, for me as well as the facilitators, mm -hmm. similarly to a daily meditation practice, this could be like a moving calibration, a moving meditation. Um, and the beginning and the end are also more stillness, meditative parts of, of the 10 stages. And just, I know we're, we're going on an hour here, but just mm -hmm. to um, kind of, I do want to ask you about the Brave Thinking Institute. How does this fit in there? How was, because yeah. I think this is kind of something new that you've created this health and wellness section for them. Yeah, so I launched my health and well-being company 14 years ago, and I've been with the Brave Thinking Institute now for 11 years. So when I, and it's my mother's company, she founded the company, and so she launched, she went from a physical spiritual center, closed the church, the, the center, and opened up more of a mainstream transformational life coaching company and started with her coaching, her coaching programs and her events and work. And so I came in, my brother was already in the company working more in the marketing side of things. Um, but we now have five divisions within Brave Thinking Institute. My mother's coaching division is the life and transformation division. Her flagship program is the 12-week Dream Builder program, which is the art and science of bringing our thoughts into reality, of really building a dream life, a life that we love living. It's, again, what she's dedicated her life to for over 50 years. And we do uh, three-day large global conferences. We just had a big event in October with over 4,000 people from all over the world zooming in virtually to our global headquarters. We have a filming studio and um, it was three days of the art and science of transformation and of these universal spiritual principles and really the brave thinking tools that help you create, you know, a life you love. Now in that event, we do want people moving and embodying what they're learning. So I lead what we call energizers, where we take five to 10 minutes out of the event strategically multiple times throughout the day, and we get people standing and embodying the higher frequencies that they're dreaming up for their life. So that's one way Transcendance comes into the large conferences that we do. Um, and then, uh, so life and transformation, my, um, my mom's oldest son, John Box is the, is the CEO of our company and had a 20 plus year, very, very successful career in business, business consulting and sales. And she recruited him and now he's the CEO of our company and runs the business and leadership division, bringing these success principles, these spiritual principles into business in leadership and companies and corporations and entrepreneurs. So it's really fun. And then my um, younger brother, Matt Boggs, is a, an expert in the area of love and relationships. And so his programs are primarily right now for women looking to manifest their soulmate. Um, and so he has 
online coaching programs and classes to help women bring in their soulmates. And I have the health and well-being division. So in that division, I launched coaching programs for women that are feeling uncomfortable in their skin, unhealthy, disconnected, self-judgment, and or they're st feeling stifled in life. They really want to move forward and live their purpose, passion, and mission, and they want to have a new healthy relationship with their body. And what we have learned in our personal development work is if just thinking about it and creating a vision and a vision board were enough, everybody at New Year's who does that would create a new life in just a few weeks. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not that easy, right? To, to, to transform and to grow. And yeah, so there's a little bit more. Yes. <laughs> a little more, a <laughs> little more commitment. Yes. So there's two ways to really shift from your current reality to a reality that you would love. And one is through repetition, accountability, and coaching, hence the coaching programs, which we do virtually. So we have clients all over the world, and um, we now we use Zoom. I was actually one of the first early adopters. I have my my first Zoom account I got six years ago and uh, started launching some of the coaching programs and classes um, on Zoom back then. But now the whole institute uses these you know virtual platforms to be able to connect with our students uh, that way. Um, but yeah, and we also lead retreats. So we have three day deep dive trainings, large global conferences and then VIP retreats. I literally leave next, this coming, I should say Wednesday for Tulum. I lead a women's retreat, a seven day transformational retreat where we study universal spiritual principle and we infuse it with mind, body, spirit practices. We have a daily transcendence practice as well as other spiritual rituals and ceremonies that I lead as part of this journey. Because the second way to create a new result is through immersion training. So if you think about learning another language, you can learn it either through repetition and having a teacher and a mentor coaching you every week in a class, or you can just go to Mexico and get immersed in the culture and come back because it, that is very, I can speak from, ex, from <laughs> experience. That's how I learned fluent Spanish is immersion training. So as an institute, we provide both. We provide coaching and classes and repetition and mentorship and accountability in a beautiful community within which you can transform and grow. And we also include trainings that are immersion trainings, which really just when you, when I can, and, and this is, Part of why I offer it is because that's how I've seen my own self grow. You know, yes, during the classes, but when I can unplug myself from the role I'm used to playing, the persona I'm used to being, the mother roles, the wife roles, the daughter role, I mean, all the normal cadence and rhythm of life and go to a new location, particularly a vortex center, place where there's the ley lines of energy where I can just feel my soul self and tap in to that authentic self. Layers of, you know, healing occur, breakthroughs have occurred for me, awakenings. I have all kinds of stories I could tell, you know, about being on retreat in Vortex Center. So at a certain point, my mother decided to stop doing the women's retreats. And right around that time, she literally handed me 
the energetic baton and said, it's your turn. It took me a few years to just own it and ground myself to a place where I said, okay, I'm ready. And I launched my, my retreats and I've been doing retreats now for many years. I was co-leading and supporting retreats I have for 20 years, um, you know, but to really own it, lead it, you know, do it. It's one of my favorite. Make it your own. Yeah. Yeah. Make it my own. Exactly. So it's one of my favorite things I do now as part of this work are these retreats. Yeah. Excellent. Well, thank you. Thank you for speaking to us today. And I just want to, I think you have an offer um, for people. So uh, if you want to get in touch with Jennifer, you can find her through her website www.bti.com slash dance now. Yeah. And I'll just say something about that real quick. So mm-hmm. the Institute's webpage is the brave, sorry, just go to brave thinking institute.com. And that's where you can see that's our homepage. That's where you can see all five divisions. If you're interested in one or any of the divisions that I just described, the fifth one, actually, I realized I didn't describe is our coaching certification division. So we also train and certify transformational life coaches. Um, and I also train and certify facilitator trainings. We have a facilitator training uh, program. But this, this link right here is to provide you with a fast link to be able to attend a transcendence class. So it's sort of what we call the short link. So bti.com forward slash dance now will take you to a transcendence information page where you can also register for a class. And we have a free coupon code that I know Leslie would like to give you, which is GROW21. So our next class is on... Let me pull up that date. It's the day before Thanksgiving here in the U.S., which is the 24th. So November 24th at 5 p.m. Pacific. Now, I know some of you that might be in the middle of the night if you're in Europe. So if you register, though, and even if you don't come live, we'll send you the recording for free. So everyone who registers for class and pays or has the free coupon code gets the recording uh, complimentary. So I would recommend registering whether you can come live or not. So you'll get the the full meal deal, the full experience. It's my free gift to you. Well, thank you. That's very generous. And also you can connect on Facebook at Transcendence Global. Yes. All right. Yay. Well, thank you. Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you for speaking to us today. It was a pleasure to hear all about what you're doing, and I hope that everyone will take advantage of that free class so that you can you can actually have the experience. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Leslie. Thank you for having me. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye. All right. So I hope you will take that opportunity to try her class. I'm, I'm going to. <laughs> I always enjoy trying everybody else's classes. So um, so I will put the uh, I will put the address, the web address in the show notes, and then the the code is grow21. So um, I hope you'll try that. And next month, we have Brietta Leader, and that will be on the fifth of December. 
She will be joining us, so I hope you can join us live. If you have questions or comments, you can always you can always participate with that on the live recording. And otherwise, please leave comments. We we go back and we do look at the comments. So if you have questions, put them down there, or you can always email me. And please like and subscribe because that helps other people find the, the live, well, the podcast in general. So um, that will help with the algorithms. All right. So thank you for being here. And I hope you will join us again next month. All right. Bye-bye.